Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday service today, and thank God for the nice weather today. Please turn to number 332, and we'll start our worship with, I heard the voice of Jesus say. to worship this morning is Psalm 116, verses 1 through 9. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Amen. I think the key word there is deliverance. Um, God is always bringing about deliverance for people. Let's continue our worship singing number 437, Nearer My God to the Story of Jacob. Yeah. 
in that song. Let us pray. Three in one God, we have come into your presence this morning to worship you. You are truly worthy of our praise, all that we are, all that we have. We ask that you would move among each and every heart that is here, bring us closer to you and to each other. All those who may be tuning in by whatever way, may they also be brought nearer to you. And may we leave here after this time of worship more closely bonded to you and more equipped to do your will during the six days of the week. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now, if we will take our bulletin inserts, let us pray our prayer of confession together. Almighty and most merciful God, we acknowledge and confess that we have sinned against thee in thought, in word, and deed, that we have not loved thee with all our heart and soul, with all our mind and strength, and that we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We beseech thee, O God, to be forgiving to what we have been, to help us to amend what we are, and of thy mercy to direct what we shall be, so that the love of goodness may ever be first in our hearts and that we may always walk in thy commandments and ordinances blameless and follow unto our life's end in the steps of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And let us never forget the words the Apostle John was inspired to believe as a a much older man that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's God always going above and beyond what we can ask or expect. Let's continue our worship with two more songs about Jesus and what he did and why we desire to love him in return. Number 238, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, And number 262, my Jesus, I love thee.
Come 
Amen. And now we will have the reading of God's word for this morning. Scripture this morning is from Exodus and Matthew. This is Exodus 20, verses 3 to 11. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, the God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thy labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And this is Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees in silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. And now if you'll take your songbooks and turn way in the back. To number uh, 634, we will do uh, a responsive reading together, uh, and this is entitled uh, God's Commandments, number 634. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. I think it's good that we do a double witness. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to speak it. And now let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God Almighty, we thank you for your strong and steadfast love because you love us enough to deliver us from sin and self to be forgiven in your son, the Savior King, and to be adopted as sons and daughters, to be citizens in your eternal kingdom, starting here on this earth and being made complete in your presence in the new heavens and earth. Help us to say thank you for your love to us by the way we live our lives in all that we do and say. Help us to be conscious of, aware of your presence with us and in us. Help us to focus in on you in all we do and say. And please help us to get all the junk out of our lives and replace it with the fruit of your love and all that is in the Holy Spirit you sent after the work of redemption to new life, which Jesus accomplished by his death and resurrection. Most of all, please help us in this continually distracted, 24-7 consumer-driven world to take very seriously your word to your people about ceasing from all of our self-work and self-focus to live one day in seven fully devoted to worship of you. Whether it be the first day of the week, which is when Jesus rose from death, or it be the long-standing seventh day, we must take one day in seven. I know this is hard in our environment, but please help us to rest from the noise of the world and our all still mending hearts. And while we're addressing you, we plead for all our brothers and sisters in Christ. Please be with those facing hard persecution as well as those of us with too much of the wrong kind of freedom. We pray for those in North Korea, Nigeria, Nicaragua, China, Russia, other places, also in the Mideast, Asia, South America, Australia, and Europe, as well as Northwest America here in the Northeast, really just for everybody all around the globe. May we all always give you first place in our lives. And we pray for our nation and its leaders, political, academic, legal, medical, education, construction, high tech, social media, agriculture, civil service, law enforcement, emergency, um, just uh, everywhere, whatever field there is. Um, Please help us to just focus on you more and more and um, let go of the things that we desire that are destructive. And we pray for our cell in your church. We pray for Jenny that she and her family may be given strength to do your will. We pray for Elin that you will help her to do more, uh, to have more order in her life and more energy. We pray for Cindy and Jeff that they may have joy in knowing you and also they may find your present will for where they are in their lives now. We pray for Allie and her family and especially Misty 
keep being with her, keep making her strong. Please also all of her children, her grandchildren. We pray for John and all in Pat's family. We pray for Ken. We pray for Peter, Linda, Billy, their mother, and all in their family. Father, I want to pray right now, especially for my sister and her family. I want to pray for Noel and Darren and for Al and Carol and their family. Father, we pray for your word. May we all be challenged by these words which we thought we knew so that we will arrive at a deeper and more grateful worship of you, loving you with all that we are. And I thank you for the model prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples and followers for as long as he's away, because it really expresses everything that needs to be expressed and is a good guide for us. So with one heart and one voice, we pray saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Which is simply how Hebrew people, Hebrew speaking people say it's true. All right, let's continue to worship the Lord and prepare our hearts, singing number 433, Near to the Heart of God. today is resting in God. Well, God's word today is on the one hand, 
very simple, and on the other hand, I feel inadequate to express it. But first, and we heard Exodus 22 last week, we need to go back to the best news about God. He is the one who is always delivering people. Back in the days of Moses, he delivered his people from 400 years of bondage in Egypt. He had spoken it to Abraham in Genesis. And as I said, the prelude to what we call the Ten Commandments reminds him, God reminds his covenant people he had just taken them out of bondage in Egypt. But also for all time, the Bible teaches, and especially in these last days of his church, he has made deliverance from sin and self available to all people through the faith of his son, the Savior. And again, as I've said, it's all throughout Scripture going back to the beginning. Now, I'm going to give a little personal testimony here, and I've got to give some background. A lot of justified criticism uh, has been directed at the concept of deconstruction, which I never heard of until I went to seminary. This is, in other words, to look at the details of complex concepts and ideas in order to expose inconsistencies and therefore declare the entire concept invalid. And and yes, there are some people, especially externally, who are trying to deconstruct the gospel of Jesus. So now with this background, let me share my testimony with you. The first three times I read the Bible from cover to cover, it seemed to me God was deconstructing me. And many times over, so much I found out of what I had been taught was acceptable behavior and belief was shown by God's word to be offensive to God. And that's when we get shaken to our core. But as I confessed each of these false beliefs and actions to God as sins for which I was guilty and then received forgiveness by faith in Jesus, the simple truth of the gospel of Jesus began to restore me to the simplicity of my childhood days. I'm going to throw this in here. It went so far as to after God had done this work in me, I went and got an album of Carol King's greatest hits because she had a song I love so much. I think I'm going back to the days when I was young enough to know the truth. One of the best songs ever written, I think, in Top 40 Radio. And Jesus said it best when he thanked his father because he had hidden the things, the things about Jesus from the wise and the learned and revealed them to young children. I think that is so powerful and it gives us hope. So let's open our hearts with the trusting faith of young children with a good father so we may hear the simple truths that we have missed, and I'm convinced we've missed many simple truths from the familiar words of these first four commandments, which are directed toward the covenant God. So turning to Exodus 20, we can sum up the the verses we heard this morning in this way. We return God's delivering love by always putting him above all and giving him one day in seven. Now, we'll deal with the first three words, which we can sum up. We will always put God above everything, bowing to no one else, and we will not speak thoughtlessly. So let's go through it phrase by phrase. The first word is very short. Not it will be to thyself God's other before me. Now, literally, this word before 
is above the face of. Now, with people, um, before can mean in front of somebody, one person before another, face to face together. Now, um, I've read some extracts of what a Hebrew scholar has written, and also one of his books is about how street talk, and this was written at the end of the 20th century, comes from Hebrew idiom. So putting all this together, I ask, could God be saying directly to each and every one of us and us together, you must get all the junk out of your life out of my face. You need to put me so high that nothing obstructs your view of me. And then the basic truth here, the, the, the Shema, and I was once in a hospital room with an Orthodox Jewish man, and I, I heard him pray the Shema every morning. There is only one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy 6.4. Secondly, not thou will make to thyself hewn of stone image or any likeness which is in heaven from above and is in the earth from beneath and which is in the water under the earth. Not thou will bow down to worship them and not thou will be caused to serve them because I, Yahweh, the God of thee, am jealous or zealous visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon children, upon third and upon fourth, to hating me and showing steadfast love to thousands, loving me and keeping the commandments of me. We can boil this all down. Worship God only, only God. Now, Look, today most idols are not made of hewn stone. Most of them are not even physical. They may be technological, they may be political, they may be personal. But anything that hinders people in their love, trust, and obedience in God, it's an idol. Here's the bottom line. Everything we do should enhance our deep reverence for God and bring glory to him. Now, after the chastising of those who are hating him, God has a lot to say about his steadfast love. God declares that he shows his strong love to all loving him through the obedience of faith. How do we glorify God? by returning our love to him in gratitude for the love he freely gives us. God's love is glorified when it is returned, returned back to him. Thirdly, not thou will bear up name of Yahweh, God of thee, to vanity, because not he will hold innocent Yahweh one who will bear up name of him to vanity. This is both with words and actions. In fact, the broader meaning of vanity is both emptiness and worthless conduct. God's will is that everything people will do and say is because they are always aware of his presence, as Peter wrote in his first epistle. And also, he used the word, we're conscious of it. Get our consciousness woken up. Or as the first word put it, everything we do and say is in front of him, and he's watching. And now we come to the last of the four commandments, as we call them, having to do with the person of God and our relationship with him and how to strengthen it. And and I'll sum it up, but then we'll dig into it. We are to set aside one day in seven to make it holy 
by resting in the creator who rested after six days of creating. And let me say, this is the longest word. And if you look at the Hebrew, it says God spoke these words to Moses. And it's only much later it calls them a commandment. The fourth word covers four verses, and I counted them up, 44 words in Hebrew. Compared to the second longest one, which is the second word at three verses and 38 words. These are obviously the two longest. No other word comes close. So we must pay attention to this longest word from God. I'm going to take it again, slowly, part by part. It begins, to remember the day of the Sabbath, to keep it holy. This is not in the imperative. It's a simple declarative sentence that people are to remember the Sabbath or seventh day and to sanctify it to God in all holiness. This is done by worshiping him in accordance with all that went before. But with single-minded intensity on the Sabbath, God requires people to worship only him, especially one day in seven. Okay, it continues. Six of days thou will serve, and thou will have done all thy work. And the day of seventh, Sabbath to Yahweh, God of thee, not thou will do any work. Thou and son of thee and daughter of thee manservant of thee and maidservant of thee and cattle of thee and sojourner of thee who is in the gates of thee. So God has ordained his own cycle for living for all of his creatures. And it consists of six days of service work and then one day of rest dedicated wholly to him. Notice the primacy that God puts on meaningful work of service. And this goes all the way back to the first two people in Genesis when he put them in the perfect garden and said, you are to cultivate it. You are to care for it. Work is important to God. Okay, Now, lazy, slothful sluggards are mentioned in nine chapters of Proverbs. And it's culminated in a picturesque four-verse condemnation. I've given you the reference in, in the bulletin. And basically, it's the slugger just stays in his house. He says, there's lions in the street. I'm just going to stay inside. And then this little image, he puts his hand into the bowl of food. And he just can't even lift it to his mouth. Um, That is the opposite of what God intends for six days of our life. Also notice the seven-day week week does not fit into anything. It doesn't fit into the monthly cycle of the moon, which is 29 and a half days. It has an extra day and a half. Seven doesn't fit it. And the solar year is 365 and a quarter days. That's why every year has a 53rd occurrence of one of the days of the week. And leap year has two. This is of God. It's not of man or even the rest of creation. Also notice it's for men and women of all classes and all ethnicities, including sojourners to it. Observe the Sabbath, as well as all cattle, which is a generic term for all the beasts of the land. Everything that has breath is to worship covenant God on the seventh day of the week. God requires people to worship only him, especially one day in seven. And then the last sentence gives the reason. Because... Six of days, he made Yahweh, the heavens and the earth and the seas and all which is in them. And then he rested in the day seventh. Therefore, he blessed 
Yahweh, the day of the Sabbath. And then he made it holy. Why do we take one day of rest? God didn't need any day of rest. He's God. We are, however, to follow the creator. Think about it. If the all-powerful creator of all living beings rested after six days of work, then his creatures, especially his last and greatest creatures, men and women, will take one day in seven to rest from their work of service and make it holy to the Holy One who created them. God requires people to worship only him and especially one day in seven. Now we're going to flip up to both the Gospels and the New Testament. I didn't even realize what I had chosen for our benediction, but I also believe I need to speak some words on it. So let me sum this up as to the intensity of meaning this has after Jesus came to earth. Jesus said the great commandment is to love God with all we are, and we must cease from our works to enter God's Sabbath rest. So first, let's go to the um, Matthew passage. We covered it all last week. This week, I'm just going to focus on two verses. The great commandment is to love the Lord our God with everything. So let's review verses 37 and 38. But he, meaning Jesus, he was saying to lawyer, thou will love Lord the God of thee, in whole of the heart of thee, in whole of the soul of thee, and in whole of the mind of thee. Heart. Metaphorically, the heart is the sum of our emotions, affections, and desires. Most people think of love as highly emotional. The soul, the soul is the breath God breathed into the first person to make him a living being. Genesis chapter 2. The soul animates the body and it is immortal. Thirdly, the mind. The mind is how people gain understanding about the world God created and the living beings he created. It is the seat of reason and logic. Now, putting it all together, because of God's great love for all that makes up each person, he expects each part of each person, our heart, our soul, our mind, to fully love him as an expression of gratitude and worship to him. It is this all that is in me love that brings the most glory to God. God's love is glorified when it's returned, when it's returned by us. And then Jesus concludes, this is being the great and first commandment. So this great commandment sums up the first four of the ten words we saw back in Exodus. All who love God will place him far above all so-called gods. They will allow no man-made creation or concept to distract their worship of the God who loves them with his strong, life-giving, life-changing love. And they will never say or do anything empty or worthless in his presence. And finally, they will cease from all works of service on the seventh day to rest in their creator. God requires people to worship him, especially one day in seven. And now I'm going to turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 9 to 11. Now, I did a detailed analysis of all the stuff that preceded it, but this is the heart of it. And here's a verse I think we can all memorize and should take to heart. But let me sum up this passage I'm explaining. God has an eternal Sabbath rest for all who cease from their own works and do not fall through unbelief. First of all, again, this is a good memory verse. 
It is being remaining a Sabbath day rest to the people of God. Now, remember, Jesus said he is Lord of Sabbath. So even now, his people are to dedicate one day in seven fully to God. There is an eternal rest also for all who are in Jesus in the new heavens and earth. But it starts now as each believer leaves the earth. And this is a great verse for a funeral of a believer in Jesus. Uh, I also recommend you highlight it. Revelation 14, 13. John says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit that they may rest from their labors and their deeds will follow them. Then the writer of Hebrews continues, for the one, for he or she having entered into the place of the rest of him, the rest of Jesus, also he or she, he or she is rested from the works of him or her, just as from the works, his works, God So, what's this saying? I must cease from my works. It's not about me. People who are in Jesus Christ by grace through faith know that all they receive from him is because of the works he has done. And then they can cease from all works done in their own strength because these are ultimately futile. Instead, they will do the works God prepared for them to do as they walk through life in the Savior, in Jesus. That's where we become effective. That's where we get the blessing. So as alluded to in the fourth word, we've already considered an exodus. Exodus, ask God in creation because Creator God rested on the seventh day. His creatures will also rest on the seventh day. And then the writer of Hebrews concludes this paragraph. Therefore, may we labor together to enter into that place of rest so that not anyone may fall by imitating the disobedience of them. Remember, Hebrews was written to Jews, to Israelites, who were trying to revert back to the old covenant principles rather than living in the gospel. But notice here also, we must balance things. God is so perfectly balanced, and I know I can get out of balance easy enough. Just ask my wife or those who live with me. People cannot gain God's rest by work, but we have a responsibility to seek it. And then this paragraph ends with a warning. The whole chapter, really the whole book, is warning Jewish Christians about falling away from God, God through the faith of Jesus, by exercising unbelief. You see, and and I could have done it. I'm not going to sit in judgment. But Israel refused to believe after they participated in the miracles of the 10 plagues and the Red Sea, which was two parts. They walked through the sea, which was divided by God on dry land. When they got to the other side and their enemies followed them, the sea closed up and protected them. What's our application of everything I've said today? Let us worship and love the only true God with all we have. And now let me wrap up everything. All people who have been delivered by God's love will love him in return by always putting him above everything, not speaking or acting before him thoughtlessly, and to remember to keep his seventh day holy by ceasing from their work on that day. This is how they, this is how we love God with all we have and all we are. God requires people to worship only him, especially one day in seven. 
And that's what we're doing here today. For our closing song, and again, this is all from God's love. It's not something we can work up in ourselves. So let's worship by singing number 250, Wondrous Love. And let us think about what we're singing here. word, uh, I will say all in one breath uh, what we finished the message with this morning. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever enters God's rest also ceases from his labors as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest that no one fall by the same sort of disobedience, which is how the RSV translators translated unbelief. And now for our final chorus, and to get us ready to leave here, uh, in God and doing his will, we'll sing number 228, I Love You, Lord.
sweet, sweet sound. Yeah.